0: Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome to Podcast Rebellion, everybody. This is Juco All-American, joined as always by Whiskey Wednesday. We're going to be talking about the Ole Miss Rebels beating Arkansas 27 to 20. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about what we're drinking. And I have a cough. I don't think it's COVID. I had COVID like seven to eight weeks ago. Um, so I think that I'm somewhat impervious, uh, but I do have a really frustrating cough. So I'm drinking hot water with lemon and honey. Nice, though not a hot toddy. I guess maybe I should have done that for awesome. like you know the sake of the podcast.
1: I was about to say, you know, what goes really well in hot water and lemon and honey. Yeah, um, I I'm drinking rum as I often do but it's a new kind so uh there's a a brand of rum called diplomatico that i oh man what country i think it's from venezuela um i've had that before it's like yeah oh yeah 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 it's like a 10 or 15 year old aged rum um what i got now though is like a younger variety of it but it's actually i think better it's a little less like mellow and over overly sweet and vanilla E and a little more like has a little more bite to it. Um, it's good. Okay. That's cool. Um,
0: you make me wish I had made a hot toddy, but maybe I'll figure out a way to through the magic of podcasting, uh, pause this at some point and make one for myself. Uh, let's start on Arkansas though. So you know, really wonderful game, uh, at the same time, frustrating game. Um, I really enjoyed watching it. I know that you had a different take. Do you want to talk about that before we talk about the nuances of the game?
1: Uh, sure. I mean, I, I want to hear your takeaways from, from why it was an enjoyable game for you. I mean... I don't mean to say that I, I did not enjoy the game, but it was, it was very tense and, and we played very sloppy and inconsistent on offense. Um, and I don't know. I think if I am going to enjoy a game of all this football, it's going to be one where we mostly execute on offense that, I don't know, that just pleases me more than a defensive knockdown drag out fight. Um, and, and yeah we we had a lot of execution issues on on offense and just kind of struggle to get things going you know?
0: yeah so i think that uh that definitely makes sense you know offensive shootouts are really fun to watch um and sort of make you feel good about the team in some ways uh i think that this my interest in it was really just about like what it could have been and wasn't um, so, if you think about it, like last week against LSU, the defense could not stop LSU. And Ole Miss was able to win solely because we won the shootout. And that was fun. That was a really awesome game. Like, it's not, I'm not trying to say that I liked the Arkansas game more than the LSU game. The LSU game was definitely more enjoyable to watch. But um, this week, the offense had a lot of trouble. And if, you know, you had maybe just been sort of paying attention to last week from a box score perspective, you would say, like, well, if the offense can't handle it, can't can't stop – or excuse me, the offense can't get it done against Arkansas, then the defense will probably, like, you know, at some point give up and Arkansas will – and it's also Arkansas. So, like, Arkansas will always have squirrely wins where they pull it out and it'll be frustrating – And then even, you know, Arkansas went up late. And then Ole Miss, you know, what I think, I guess at first we tied it up or did, no, first we took the lead. Uh, And I just, you know, I think that many, many, many years, like the last 15 consecutive years, had an Ole Miss team been in that situation against Arkansas specifically, Arkansas would have pulled it out in the fourth quarter. And instead, Ole Miss picks off KJ Jefferson with, like, a great play. Not just, like, you know, he threw it badly to, you know. It was like John Saunders jumped in front of it, really read the play and made made the play. And that sealed the game. And um, in some ways, it just feel like, felt like exercising demons. That, that's what I really enjoyed about it. Like, a gutty fourth quarter defensive hard-fought game and I'm not a guy who wants to see like a seven to three win I, I hate those kinds of games but like seeing the defense that had been so maligned a week ago suddenly like get it done and Arkansas's offense is really bad especially their offensive line their offensive line is like horrible but it kind of I had sort of made myself believe that it didn't matter and then Arkansas was going to be able to like Produce pretty well, you know, well enough on offense that we would need to do a lot on offense to be able to counter counter that. Sure. And they were not able to, they were not able to at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, definitely see where you're coming from there. And, and I, I agree with you. Arkansas has the guys on offense, at least I don't know what their problem is. I mean, I guess you, you probably pinned it with the, the offensive line struggles, but they have the guys at, at skill position, to be pretty good and, you know, especially pretty good against a, a defense that has the potential to struggle like like the Ole Miss yeah. defense does this year. I mean, it, the jury's out. out. Uh, I think the Ole Miss defense the last three years has been very up and down game by game, week by week. Uh, and so the jury is still out on how this defense compares. But, but yeah, we've seen them struggle, and then we've now seen them dominate um yeah Arkansas rushed for what 1.2 yards per carry yeah with with a running quarterback you know
0: yeah I also think this is this is the first game I mean there have been glimpses here and there through the other five games but this was the first game where when it was over you were like this is why Pete Golding is the defensive coordinator yeah um yeah, I mean, we've, we've sort of talked about it, but um, we haven't really talked about Jackson Dart, his his worst game of the season. Um, I mean, it's between this or Alabama, right? Um, but, you know, uh, he was not very effective. Um, and that's okay. Like, it proved to be all right. And everybody has, you know, down, down weeks. Yeah. Um, it's not like he, you know, a, a bad game could be he throws three picks, you know, and that, that didn't happen. So, uh, certainly it's nice to see that, like, a bad game is simply an unproductive game.
1: It's not a, like, game-losing game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And he was definitely hurt. He definitely was having trouble stepping into his passes and, and trouble, you know... Uh, Trouble scrambling, uh, improvising, and stuff like that. Um, his his leg, knee, something, uh, lower body, uh, was definitely banged up. He probably should be good. I don't think it'll be major. But he wasn't nearly as healthy as he was against LSU. Um, that'll be something to watch. And uh, Trey Harris got hurt again. Um, so missing potentially an all-SEC wide receiver. And then Zakari Franklin didn't even give it a go. Uh, Caden Prescorn was there, but still not totally effective. He's, you know, operating without without many weapons. Yeah, and then apparently Jordan Watkins broke
0: his hand yesterday. Uh, so that'll be a fun thing to deal with.
1: Yeah, it, it really will be. Um, so... You know, a, a common point of, of frustration that we've talked about at length on this podcast, and you know, you've seen it elsewhere, is, is that illness keeps such a tight rotation of wide receivers that, you know, surely the guys are gassed at the end of games, A. And then B, if one of them gets injured, there's nobody with any experience to put in the game. And, and now that's the position we're in. Uh, unless some guys recover really quickly uh, during this bye week Um, Yeah, I mean, we don't know this to be the
0: case yet, obviously. But imagine a scenario where Trey Harris and Jordan Watkins are both out for Auburn and Zachary Franklin, for some reason, still can't go. Yeah, I mean... Then it's Dayton Wade and Aiden Williams and Braylon Brown and... Like, ugh. Yeah.
1: honestly, you know what? I, there's like a a, a part of me that had this, has this morbid curiosity. That's like, yes, let that happen for this one game because I want force the issue. I want to force the issue. Yeah. I want them to like have to put some of these depth guys in the game. So either Kiffin is like, okay, well maybe these guys can actually play or the fans can see, oh, these guys cannot actually play. We'll just... Yeah. We'll know. We'll know why there are three receivers who play 80 snaps a game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I, I can understand that. Um, I... It is weird. Like, you know, I know Kiffin's all about pro mindset and everything,
1: but, like, even the pros, they, they throw to more than three receivers. Uh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. And when guys are hurt or can't go then you know other guys are ready to step up and that's we don't know that that's the case you know yeah um
0: switching to the running game the running game was you know pretty productive um not incredible or anything like that
1: uh Uh, well we're we're certainly seeing we're certainly seeing what we kind of wished for the last couple of weeks which is Ulysses Bentley getting more touches um and all all he did was double up Quinshawn Judkins in yards per carry um uh, got 13 carries for 94 yards compared to Judkins 18 carries for 65 uh, both scored uh, Quinshan's fine uh he's he's still a great back uh I think we will see more games like like the lsu game throughout the second half of the season i think he'll shake off whatever kind of funk he's in at least a few times because he's he's supremely talented uh and if bentley continues to go off teams won't be able to queue in on judkins as much but but yeah man bentley's looking like a superstar right now and that's that's really cool to see in the spirit of
0: full disclosure we paused so that I can make a hot toddy. And uh, this is the first I've ever had. I, I'm, I'm into it. I'm liking it. Um, where were we? Oh, running backs. Yeah. Uh, I think that Ulysses Bentley obviously is showing that he deserves you know, more touches. Um, and Quinchon Judkins is also showing that he's not going to have the same season that he had last year. Uh, but... He's a very good player and, you know, deserves to also continue to be significantly involved. Um, luckily, this this offense runs the ball a lot. Um, and so they're, they both will have a lot of opportunities. But I do think that Bentley is showing that he should uh, at least become closer to Judkins in terms of
1: number of carries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the production speaks for itself and... You know the the boost the offense gets uh, when when he's getting touches speaks for itself. Uh, yeah, he has thirty seven carries so far this year, seven point four yards per carry, seven point four. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy, dude. Let me let me ask you, kind of a, a, a Debbie Downer. I don't know if that's the right term for it. Question: uh, So quinchon Judkins. Not not having you know the the Heisman kind of season that that we hoped for, i mm-hmm. I had mentally prepared myself for a letdown just because of how yeah. incredible his season was. Yeah, but does this sort of sophomore slump, if you want to call that, make him more or less likely to leave uh, and get in the transfer portal at season's end? Oh, interesting.
0: Uh, I imagine it will come down to Nil. And what we have to pay, what we deem to be, you know, a worthwhile
1: investment and all that sort of stuff relative to other needs that we have. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly that comes, that comes into play. But yeah, I guess I'm, I'm thinking that so many, so many things could factor into it. Does, does his lack of production relative to last year, uh, make other teams, less likely to come after him with big numbers. Right. Or does he become frustrated, uh you know, with his lack of production and think like maybe it's maybe it's the offensive line, maybe it's the scheme, maybe I just need a change right. of scenery, whatever. Um Yeah. I mean maybe. Yeah. I I think that uh
0: you know, we, we are in a, an era of college football that is very different from eras past. Um, and I don't think that that's bad. I, I actually really love NIL and am fascinated by the transfer portal and what it allows teams to do and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's tough to anticipate kind of like who will do what in the offseason. Um, Ole Miss has lucked out, I guess, or at least been, I don't know if luck is, is the right word been good at retaining players other than it when it, than when it fires the coach who's the only reason that they were on campus.
1: Uh, yeah, which hopefully that won't be as much of a thing anymore either because Partridge brought guys from way out of region. Right. Uh, and those are pretty much the only guys who, who left because of a coach, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think that to your point, like, does, does he become less appealing to some of the, like, all we need is a running back and we could win the college football playoff types of teams, maybe, but I think that some teams probably look at his production as a freshman and say like, that
1: could be him. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I agree. All right. I have one other tangent before we move on. This is something I, I counted out today. How many players on the current Ole Miss roster are contributors on on offense or defense not not only special teams uh that lane kiffin recruited out of high school
0: quinchon Jenkins.
1: yep uh micah pettis yeah micah pettis jaden williams right uh, he's well. He's a contributor. I, I did not count him, but yes, he he would. But I mean, it's getting probably fewer than ten offensive snaps per game. I don't know. Uh, um, on the defense, uh, Perkins, Xavier Harris, Xavier Harris, um, Demarco Williams.
0: Ashani's Historic was already on canvas, right? He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I mean, on special teams, I don't know. Like you know, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh like obviously well, was... kicker and punter or not, but like, you know, maybe there maybe like some of the gunners are doing a great job and were recruited by Kiffin, whatever. Uh, but yeah, Isn't I mean, that... your, your, your point is incredibly valid. Definitely. Uh, recruiting has been a high school recruiting has been a huge issue. They have done very well in the portal every year. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's saved them.
1: Yeah. And then some of the guys that we have recruited well from high school have entered the portal. They've been some of our, you know, relative, relatively few unfortunate portal losses, yeah, Davison, and uh, Taishim, Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of but yeah, I, I was thinking about that today and was having trouble believing it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like four or five guys, depending on who you count. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's you know not even only starters.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. guess you can throw uh, Kyron Heath in there. Uh, he yeah, he but a only, only out now. of necessity. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, interesting. Uh, the offensive line uh, to bring this back back specifically to the Arkansas game, uh, they struggled, and they gave up eight tackles for loss, uh, two sacks. But Arkansas was actually eighth in the country in generating sacks before the game. That was like the thing they did well. So, not especially concerned about that. Um, but you know. We'll have to see if it was a blip.
1: Yeah, I didn't come away from the game thinking that the offensive line laid an egg. I, I really didn't. No, it wasn't just people running for you all the
0: time or anything like that.
1: Yeah, and and when there were, Arkansas brought a lot of pressure, and Dart either thought he could deal with it or didn't recognize it or, I don't know. It it seems like some of those were situations where a Matt Corral or an Eli Manning or whatever calls a timeout or, or you know, calls calls something at the line or or something like that. Yeah. And two at least two of those tackles for
0: loss were on those on like a weird end around kind of run that mm. Arkansas just kind of ate up and sniffed out.
1: Yeah, end around stuff is you're, you're basically relying on leaving someone unblocked and then outrunning them, you know?
0: Yeah, or like a misread or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: moving to the defense, gosh, uh, played great. Five sacks, two interceptions. Like we said, Arkansas's offensive line is terrible. Uh, but I'll say that um, I texted you and several of our friends right after or as arkansas's first drive was finishing and they were scoring a touchdown i texted something like i'm more confident that ole Miss will win than i was before the drive and um you know one of the one of our friends said like what are you talking about uh and i think that you immediately sort of understood where i was going uh because arkansas off- oh, excuse me <laughs> well let me say that again arkansas's offensive line was just decimated on that on that drive, and KJ Jefferson made something out of nothing the entire drive, and they scored a touchdown. Um, but I I have long been a believer that an offense whose line crumbles on almost every play will lose, and uh, that that happened that ultimately happened. I know it was very close, uh, maybe I wasn't right to be specifically more confident, but um, it was clear that Arkansas was not going to be able to get it done at that same you know pace for the, for the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. KJ. Jefferson has a lot of hero plays in him and he showed that that's the only reason they were in the game was KJ Jefferson hero plays. Uh, he made yeah. so many things happen on third down third and long, whatever. But on first and second down, he was running for his life. He was pressured all the time. Um, and yeah, just the law of averages catches up with you um, if if that kind of pressure lasts the whole game, and it and it right. did. The defense played great, yeah. and they were not able to establish any running game at all. Um, when I saw that one point two yards per carry um, metric, I was like, "Was that just all sacks or a couple of big no, nope?" Like Rocket not. Sanders and and the other guy all both rushed for like under two and a half yards a carry. Yeah, Rocket Sanders,
0: eight carries for 15 yards for 1.9 yards per clip. Rashad Dubinian, Dubinian, whatever, four carries for 10 yards. So, no, I mean, KJ Jefferson, 17 carries for 11 yards certainly, like, changed that metric, but it was already horrible for Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, standout players, Trey Washington continues to just pile up tackles. Uh, I... I don't really know what to make of him. Like he was an afterthought last season and is suddenly like this dependable rock of a player. Um, You know, it's not like he's making spectacular highlight plays or anything like that. But just like a guy who's in on tons of tackles is so helpful to a defense.
1: Yeah, he's a lot like uh, Jake Springer a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like a, a guy that you don't really pay any mind to you're like oh well when he's in the game the defense is just a lot better right 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 you get to the ball a lot faster yeah
0: um ashanti sistrunk you know against lsu he had two huge sacks both on third downs that i mean you can say the the side of the game and there are tons of other things that played huge factors as well but you know the 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 defense couldn't get stops, and suddenly they did twice because Sistrunk got to the quarterback. That's pretty awesome. And then is Arkansas, he has a pick. He also has nine tackles and a tackle for loss. Um. Have, have people just been kind of a little too down on him, I guess, or maybe underselling his contributions?
1: I mean, I think I have. I, I would say that I, I have too, and I still don't – I don't see it watching really? him play. like <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But like, but yeah,
0: at some point, it's just like, look, this guy makes plays, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm not going to argue with it. I, I, I still think Kari Coleman is our, our best linebacker overall. And and I think that you can tell by watching him. But yeah, S- strong just makes stuff happen. Although... Come on! Was this not the silliest interception that you have ever seen?
0: It was one. It was one that looked like such a horrible decision by KJ Jefferson that I actually tried to watch it. They never showed a view where you could really see what KJ Jefferson was throwing to. Uh, they showed like you know close up of Sistrunk catching it, but you know there were no Arkansas players near him.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, there were hardly – I don't know that there was an Arkansas player on the screen. No,
0: there wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> um, you know, uh, in the post-game or in the season at some point, Sistrunk said that, like, he was – he had figured out something he could do to bait, Je- bait KJ Jefferson on that throw. And huh. I would love to be able to go back to see, like, who – who was the receiver who, you know, could have been there had it not been for whatever? Like, what what, what was the possible positive outcome for Arkansas if a shiny chest drunk had just not existed
1: on that play, you know? Yeah, it seems like it just would have hit the ground where right. he was.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and then have you watched the season yet? No. Okay, so Sistrunk, so after he catches it, yeah, he's running. He has this huge smile on his face, and like you can see it. I mean, while while the play is happening, he has a huge grin on his face. And uh, they asked him, or I guess they didn't ask him, but as he was like leaving the field uh, in the season after the game, uh, one of the other one of the other defensive players is like ragging him for not getting in because he was he did he did not run fast uh, to be able to get into the end zone. <laughs> And he just goes like, "Man, I was just laughing at KJ," <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell. I mean, like you, you could tell that that was what was happening. He was he was distracted. He just thought it was funny. Um, That's cool to see. So, yeah. So so KJ Jefferson, uh, you know, like you said, a number of hero, hero hero ball moments, and that has definitely defined his tenure at Arkansas. Uh, has been a really solid quarterback for them his entire time there. Um, a number of, so I was actually, I watched this game in rural Arkansas, uh, and watched part of it in a hotel bar, uh, next to a Razorback fan who was honestly a great dude, um, was not, uh, was a very realistic guy. Uh, and we were able to talk about things, you know, reasonably, and this was in the first half, um. He, he was saying that like a lot of Arkansas fans are really down on KJ Jefferson and talking about how like in his most important year, his senior year that he's regressed and can't get it done. But man, the offensive line is just so bad. I just, I would not put it on him.
1: Yeah. And I, I want to say that they've had a good bit of turnover in the wide receiver room. Obviously, Rocket Sanders has not been super helpful or healthy, or helpful. when he is healthy. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of things. And you know, KJ Jefferson is not like a high level pick you apart NFL quarterback. Like he, he needs to have you know like release valves and easy reads and guys who can just win jump balls uh and, and stuff like that and I, I don't think he has the right supporting cast or right scheme or, or or whatever around him to maximize what he's able to do uh like he has the last couple of years no but with a really good team around him
0: he would be really really good sure I mean, like in ter- in terms of production i mean it's not like he has pinpoint accuracy and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of like producing in college, I, I feel like that guy could be much better if he had the components around him that he needed.
1: No, there there are a lot of top 25 teams who would trade their quarterback for K.J. Jefferson like mid-season right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I believe that. Um. So one other thing that we really sort of
0: texted back and forth a bit about during the game or after the game actually was um, this game really the depth of the defense won the game uh, and Ole Miss has never really had a really deep defense um, this defense is not as top end talented as plenty of the defenses that that Ole Miss has, fa- has fielded in the past uh, or at least several of the defenses that Ole Miss fielded in the past but Its backups are like really solid backups, and um, you know, in the fourth quarter, that makes a huge difference. When you have guys who are not tired, Uh, you have things like a relatively fresh John Saunders making a pick.
1: Yeah, I mean Saunders is a is a starter, but no, sure, but he gets to rest. Plenty of time on the bench. Um, Guys like you know Tayha Young and. Um. DeMarco Williams is is playing well. I think he even had a sack. DeMarco Williams on a blitz. Um he, he had a, he had a he was not credited with a sack. He hit a guy
0: and then or he hit oh, right, KJ right, Jefferson, right. but somebody else ultimately brought him down.
1: Right, right. But he didn't even get yeah. half a sack, which
0: is weird. Oh, it was this it was the play where KJ Jefferson ultimately tripped on the leg of an offensive lineman because he was uh, basically sort of
1: pushed into the leg of an offensive lineman. All right. Um but yeah, having a pass rusher like Isaac Uku like coming off the bench. Yeah. It's incredible. Akilo Stone coming off the bench, incredible like pass rushing, defensive tackle, you know, big defensive end coming off the bench. Uh the backup linebackers, I mean they're they're the probably the best backup linebackers we've ever had. Oh yeah. Uh, they're not great, but they're the they the, tons of experience right right
0: yeah i mean this team continues to not just be caught out of position like it's not happening and it has to be because it has players all over the field who are freaking fifth year seniors you know yeah which bodes super well for next
1: year uh let's i just, mean
0: yeah. the portal will the portal will bring more like that's just, it will that, it will that, that's how that's how it works now uh um, it will
1: and and we hopefully have some freshmen who will contribute next year on defense. I mean, it's, it's time to transition away from that model a little bit, given our, our sustained success, you would hope, but, but yeah, I mean, we still need to identify 10 starting positions between offense and defense that we can just fill with fifth year seniors from G five schools or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, the last note we had about the game really was um, third down defense was really hard. uh, A a disaster for Ole Miss on both sides. I think Arkansas offensively was like 7 of 15. Ole Miss was, actually I have it pulled up here. Ole Miss was 4 of 14. And Arkansas was 7 of 16, not not 15. Um, Arkansas's third down defense coming into the game was like 127th in the country. So, you know, that was not supposed to be a strength of theirs, and Ole Miss still really struggled. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just ready to say that Dart just had a bad game. Maybe he maybe it was because of injury or whatever. Like, move on to the next one. I'm not going to, like, try to figure out what went wrong on third downs.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And really, it was it was another, another – issue of the law of averages just having to work itself out because those numbers don't look great now, but they were especially bad. Like in the first half, it was like the only yeah. reason, the only reason Arkansas was in the game was because of what happened on third down on both sides of the ball. Um, <laughs> we were dominating yeah. on first and second down and then couldn't get it done on third. Um, but then it, it, it got a little better as, as the game wore on. Yeah, it seems like Ole Miss started like
0: 0 for 9 or something like that on third downs. Yeah, terrible. So finishing 4 for 4, four of 14 is, uh, you know, not as bad as it could be, I guess. Uh, okay, so that game is in the books. Ole Miss is 6-1, and one, excuse me, 5-1. and one, uh, Has a bye week this week, and then we'll, we'll face Auburn next week. We're not going to talk about Auburn on the pod uh, this week. We're, we'll talk next week. Six games into the year. What do you think?
1: I mean, I think we have a good team. I think any team with this many portal players with this much turnover is going to have growing pains and struggle to find identity. Like we talked at length about that leading up to the season and it's absolutely been true, but the things, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like most of the predictions we've, had coming into this season have been true except honestly the team is a little better than we thought due to things like trey harris emerging as a total boss uh guys like dejon anthony and john saunders emerging as pretty good starters i mean there there have been oh, yeah. more pleasant surprises than bad surprises on on this team which you know if if that's the case we're we're fans man like we're we're gonna uh <laughs> hope for the best. And, and, you know, and if, 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 if it's better than we hope for, that's great, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, you think, you think about like, uh, you and I, and uh, you and I kind of both shared the opinion that this team didn't really have any pass rushers. And it's not like this team has
1: prolifically gotten to the quarterback
0: or anything like that, but it hasn't been like a big issue getting to the quarterback.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, sending a lot of pressure at, at ideal times and the rest of the defense importantly is able to hold it together while we send pressure, you know, which is right. You know, it's good team defense instead of just relying on some complete monster at defensive end, you know? Yeah. One, one thing that we, we
0: never talk about, uh, but you and I both think Deandre Prince is so good. Uh, yep, yep. he, is, really he good. is so good that you never talk about him. Um, he, he just, there's no, you never pay attention to him because he's not covering the guy who gets thrown to and, you know, doesn't make huge plays, but that's fine. Like against Arkansas, that's actually, I haven't, I haven't, uh, pulled this stat ahead of time or anything. He had, he had four solo tackles and two of them were for loss. <laughs> he's a quarterback. He's all, yeah, that actually highlights. He's also fantastic at like breaking up screens before they are able to be able to get, get moving.
1: Yeah, dude, dude does not tolerate screens. Um, and man, he was the victim of a really bad pass interference call. I am not going to dwell <laughs> over much on it, but that was like kind of the start of our third down woes as we got Arkansas into a third and long. And then Deontre Prince made a beautiful defensive play and <laughs> they just threw the flag. Like one of the, one of the, I don't know, I wouldn't even call it a ticky tack call. It was just like a, it was just a miss. Yeah. Um, it was just
0: something that shouldn't have been called. Yeah. Like he I mean he the up. refs were horrible in the game. <sighs> they um, were they were bad. And they it didn't bad. really go both ways. Uh I, I try to find like I try not to be a the refs are out for us guy, but like in this game, um maybe they didn't intentionally, but like at least at the very least, subconsciously they did
1: not want Ole Miss to succeed in the game. Yeah. It was a, it was a coin flip that was tails, you know, 15 times in a row, you know, it happens, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you want to, you want to inspect the quarter at some point. Right. Uh, um, but yeah, that was, that was the start of a bunch of stuff that was very frustrating to watch. And, and yeah, it was like Prince made such a good like show of like twisting his body to avoid, you know, getting his body into the defender or in into the receiver. And like, still got caught. I don't know. It was very stupid. Uh, yeah, but when Jackson Dart has two feet out of bounds, you can just like hit him. That's fine. Yeah, you know, like this is like such a, a, a boomer spirit post thing to say. I kind of wish Keith Carter would like issue some statement saying like, "Hey, can we get can we get the player safety calls?" Like, I don't want to. I don't want yeah, to sit here and gripe about holding in pass interference, but like when we have obvious face masks and hits out of bounds, like we we need those calls (laughs) yeah i think i feel like
0: that's 100 to play and like when they overturned the targeting call against dayton wade oh my uh, god like those two the play is certainly to point out like hey pass interference is whatever like those are calls that are hard to make you know whatever it is holding is a weird call like it's hard but we have particular rules in place to defend particular types of plays. And when the referees are unable to make those calls, they jeopardize the safety of players involved.
1: Yeah. And in the case of tackling out of bounds, people who aren't even in the game, you know, right, like if you right. clock someone out of bounds,
0: you could not even just players, like, you know, to yeah. some degree, like players standing on the sideline have some degree of like a uh, risk involved, but like, If you're just like i don't know a reporter who's taking pictures you know or something like that like i guess you you assume risk i understand that no one has to get in into the comments about like whatever but uh but like you know those people still deserve to be like protected as best they can be yeah okay so um in the bye week i will be watching a good bit of football i I don't know how many, I don't know if I'll watch any games like from, you know, whistle to whistle, but I will definitely have games on during the day while I'm doing other things, playing with the kids, cooking, whatever. Uh, And this is a good week for that. No, no really marquee LSU, no really marquee SEC games, but um, I guess the best ranked teams are Oregon versus Washington, which is not played at like 11 p.m., it is played at 2.30 in the afternoon. And they're both top 15 teams. And uh, I don't know. I, I'll probably watch that one. Uh, Tennessee and A&M and M are also playing at the same time, but I just really
1: don't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to get a look at a and I haven't yeah. seen any, any A&M football, really. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see. But my actual rooting interest in that game is like nothing I, I hope both teams get the stomach flu I don't know yeah I hope it's a two to zero game a two to0 game where the defenses
0: also somehow look bad yep um then Auburn plays LSU which I mean watch that game because we're gonna play Auburn next week so might as well kind of see how they fare against an opponent that we've played uh so Auburn's defense and we'll get into this more next week but Auburn's defense has actually been pretty good. Um, their their passing offense has been like catastrophically bad. I mean, we're talking like one of the worst passing offenses, one of the 10 worst passing offenses in most metrics in the country. Um, and so you know, I'll be interested to see that passing offense go against an LSU defense that Jackson Dart picked apart and I'll also be interested to see, a phenomenal LSU offense go against Auburn's defense to see how legit it is. You know, is is that Mm -hmm. LSU offense able to put up 45 points? Then like, okay, great. We're, you know, cooking with fire. But is it like a 17 to 10 game? Because that would not be very exciting for for Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, yeah, agree. I mean, playing, uh, you know, comparative football uh, like that, is is difficult, but I know what you mean. Yeah, if, if LSU's obviously oh, yeah, yeah. looks no, bad the rest of the year.
0: <laughs> right, right. I, I don't I don't I don't even mean like from a who wins level. Like I think that's the stupidest way to do it. Like, well, Arkansas beat this person and this person beat no, like that, that, that's ridiculous. But I think that like when you know what the strengths and weaknesses of teams are, and then those teams go up against uh opponents that In theory, should be able to exploit those strengths or weaknesses, uh, the opposite direction. Then it's interesting to see how those like sub battles within a game go, and I feel like those are worth like monitoring and paying attention to, more so than like who wins the game. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, And you having conceded a good point to me, I think that that will close out our our podcast (laughs) uh, for the week. Everybody just, you know, relax, cook some meat and just chill on Saturday. Be happy that we don't have to worry about things for a weekend and we can just watch other people experience misery in the stands.
1: Mm-hmm.